Over 60,000 songs are added to Spotify every day, and I'm here to make sure you don't miss any of the good ones. From independent artists just starting out to seasoned vets in the industry, this interview-style podcast highlights artists whose music you don't want to miss. Make sure to follow along to the Music You're Missing Spotify playlist to hear tracks from artists featured on the show. You're listening to Music You're Missing. I'm Brendan Gennetti, and today I'm talking to Surf Mesa. You may know him from his certified platinum hit, ILY with Emily, which has amassed over 3 billion streams. Or perhaps you know him from his collaborations with Madison Beer, Fletcher, Bipolar Sunshine, Marshmallow, and many more. At just 22, he's not just seen a lot of success, but key success that has really further cemented him as a prominent player in the EDM world. He just dropped a new single called Marching Band with Nitty Gritty, which is a top contender for my song of the summer. I'm really looking forward to speaking with him, but before I get him on the line, you've listened to podcasts before, you know the drill. If this is your first time listening, welcome. I'm Brendan Gennetti, and I talk to a ton of cool artists. Past guests include Mark E. Basie, Lawrence, Matthew Coma of Winnecta Bowling League, Floor, Colony House, and 54 other amazing artists. All artists featured on the Music You're Missing podcast get featured on the Music You're Missing Spotify playlist, which if you go to now, you can catch Surf Mace's handsome face on the cover of. While you're following things, would you mind rating us five stars wherever you're listening to the Music You're Missing podcast? The more five stars we get, the higher likelihood we get playlisted, which in turn gives us more exposure for us and our amazing artist. And we're about to get Surf Mesa on the line in just a minute. But before I do that, I got to give a shout out to Playlister Club for sponsoring this episode of Music You're Missing. Artists, did you know that over 31% of Spotify listening time is spent on playlists? In spite of this, getting on real playlists today is harder than ever, and that is where Playlister Club comes into play. Playlister Club is home to the largest community of pre-vetted independent playlisters with over 70,000 playlists and 73 million combined followers. Using their unique data-driven discovery platform, playlisters can discover music that they actually enjoy so you can get more meaningful interactions from your music and more conversions to real fans. There is no limit on how many interactions you can receive, and my favorite thing about Playlister Club is unlike other playlisting sites, Playlister Club is a level playing field. Everyone pays the same rate no matter how much money you got in the bank. So stop submitting your music to overcrowded inboxes and get your music heard by real ears. Head to Playlister.club to sign up today. And now it is my pleasure to introduce you Surf Mesa on Music You're Missing. We're joined with Surf Mesa. How's it going? What's up? What's up? How are you? I am doing wonderful. Where are you calling from? Uh, LA? I'm in LA right now. Yeah. What about you? I'm in Boston. Have you ever been? Right on. Yeah, actually. Um, I played a show there with Alesso. Um, okay. A lot of fun. That was like the furthest east I've ever been. Um, it's great there. Uh, yeah, that was, that was a really, really good time. Do you know where you played? Um. I'm not sure. It was this like club venue. Um, it was big night live. Okay, so you just so that's our venue. That's so funny. We're assigned to that company. Um, that's our venue. I, I wish I had known you were there. I would have. I would have absolutely came. That was that was awesome. Um, it was one of those shows where like you don't have like a tour manager. You're just kind of out there on your own. And so this specific experience, I 
was just like chilling in my hotel room until my set. And then I just like grab my USB and walk across the street. <laughs> so close. So I was just like, all right, I'm going to go walk over here and play. And then after I played, walked back. <laughs> like it was just so low key. Um, but it was, it was a lot of fun. And then um, Sandro, Alesso uh, killed it, you know, as always. So it was a lot of fun. Did you get to spend time in Boston beyond the show or were you shipped back home? I don't think so. I think I like, that's the thing with like me and shows is that kind of the way the day goes is that I just chill in my hotel and then I'm just in record box. So I'm going mm -hmm. through this, changing some stuff, if anything. Um, and then until like an hour before the set, I just like walk downstairs and then like, uh, go to the venue, go to the you know festival, but Boston was the same way. So I just like my Boston experience was just like in my hotel room, um, and then I caught an early flight the next morning, I believe. So um, I didn't catch much at all. Yeah, I I imagine that's how many of of your stops on on tour or whenever you're traveling go. Have there been any places that you actually have got to experience that you've just loved? Um. A little bit, yeah. I think uh, I played uh, Escapade in Ottawa, Canada. Oh, cool. And I found out my mom was from there and or something. Like, she grew up there. So I spent a little time just, like, walking around um, and just being Canadian. Like, <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was so cool. Um, but that's, I think I need to, like, definitely take advantage of that because you know the coolest part about touring is the places you go and so you know it's important to get a scoop outside of the music side and Definitely. um just experience what the place is about what the people are about and um yeah i mean like it's it's such a incredible opportunity um so i'm hoping to do that with the shows coming up this summer um going to I'm going to play Hangout Fest this weekend, yep. which is like Alabama, I believe. Yeah, um, is, that, is that on the shores of Alabama? Yeah, so it's on the Never coast. Then. Yeah, that that should be really cool. I mean, like a little beach thing, um, beach festival. And so, um, yeah, hard to have a bad time there. <laughs> At a festival on a beach and like as the summer just begun. Yeah, no, it, yeah. you're going to have a great time. Oh, yeah. Very excited. I'm I'm uh, preparing a few edits and kind of reworking my whole set. Um, so I'm going to just be playing new music and uh, I'm, I'm trying to bring back like songs people like know, but like, like don't want to forget about, you know what I mean? Okay. Uh, and there's a, there's a lot of examples. Do you know the song Pumping Blood by No, No, No? Yeah, it's your heart. That song. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that was so off key by the way. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so that's man. I saw it in like a a movie and it was the remix I think by uh Jane something Jane Doys or no, Jane Noise. Um and there it's just like there's so much energy to be, you know, with withdrawn from that top line and like I've I've reworked that song into like this big room vibe. Um, I reworked "Kids" by MGMT into this like big room vibe. So that's awesome. And then um, I'm, yesterday I opened up "Eyes" by Cascade. 
And then I want to make that like another kind of throwback aha moment. Um, so I, I mean, like, yeah, I don't want to, uh, I don't know. Like my sets, I, I, I have fun with them. I'm just, I'm not trying to play like, you know, top 40 on Beatport. Yeah. And kind of ripping through songs that people know and songs that are already playing, you know, at another stage at the same festival. So I think uh, it's just, it's fun to kind of dig in and explore how you can make a set more unique um, and, you know, just just find these these tracks that are like bangers and are here to stay. Well, kudos to you because I mean you definitely are putting so much time and effort into it. Whereas you could you could probably have a pre-recorded set if you wanted to. So I appreciate hearing that. That's another thing is that when you switch up your set so much, you kind of lose your familiarity with the transitions. Yeah, um, and so it's kind of it kind of becomes like an improv improv on the spot. Uh, performance a little bit I think you know my favorite part of EDM sets and just I guess all of them that everyone utilizes are like the on-stage production are there like key on-stage things like cannons fire like what's your favorite thing to turn to um so I definitely have moments in the set that I want to be a highlight for example the intro um I have like this kind of ominous built out suspicious like noise and then builds up into um the acapella of my song somewhere with Gus Dafferton and then mm. it kind of just it's a linear build and it uh it's kind of like a big payoff moment and I'm not you know like to visualize like I'm not on the stage for the whole song and then I walk up and then I just uh I'm just trying to like get as much of a reaction at the very first song um and so when it comes to like cryo and uh just like on stage effects i think there's there's definitely moments that um it matters most and yeah, yeah first song be one of them and then kind of throughout the set like uh, you know i have to play ily or i have to play like or at least like edits of ily um i like never play the og version ever. really Oh my gosh, no. Yeah, the OG version belongs in like a TJ Maxx. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to like move on from that. Um, so yeah, I mean I'm I'm you know trying to build out the set to be exciting and you know there's there's chunks that are kind of strategically placed, whether the first ten minutes like darker energy and then the next ten minutes build into a melodic euphoric uh big room vibe and then you know, you're talking at some points, but definitely the onstage effects uh, give it a, a great bonus. And yeah. so to kind of place those strategically. So bringing it back to your TJ Maxx anthem, um, <laughs> how does it feel, you know, that that, you know, got you in so, into such a wider audience, but you feel like it doesn't best represent you apparently? Um, do you feel like kind of typecasted yeah. to that genre now? Um. I mean, I think the genre that ILY kind of stands is just like, it's just pop, but I guess there's like a fibers of electronic. Mm. I mean, because I've, I've produced dance music since I was like 12 or 13. Um, just having older siblings show me software and like introduce me into like music that was cool back then, blogs. Um, and so I think, you know, through high school of, gotten to learn my sound and develop production techniques and so when the song came about ily 
I didn't know anything else other than to produce it than like a down tempo house record and mm-hmm. to make it um, light, fun, euphoric, which is always my sound and what I stand for. Um, and so the song came about to just sound like electronic and um, lighthearted, but still pop. And so the genre, yeah, it, it, the genre is still, you know, pop. So in terms of moving on from that, I mean, the last two years I've learned so much both about, you know, the industry after being, you know, signed, quote, made it because I was like a college student and I was just trying to get my head in the game by making that song. And so from there, I've learned more about what I want to make and what I want to see for the future of myself and mm-hmm. even like off, you know, 10, 15 years from now and to make different um, genres of music, even under like different names and all that. So it's taught me a lot. And I think now moving forward, I'm, I'm all about making what's fresh and what's new and um just i want to you know i want to i want to shift culture through what i can provide i feel like you kind of did that with your new track marching band with nitty gritty definitely an early contender for me first song of the summer (laughs) yeah thank you 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 played that out at ultra like it's release weekend right yeah. Were so, you like, just, that's kind of crazy. You've never played it out and then it comes out and you're playing it and seeing that live reaction. Yeah. So I had been, it's, it's been a long time coming, that song. Um, there's been versions of it. There's been other DJs being um, a collaborator, you know, a collaborator on it. And then I ended up with Nitty Gritty, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, great guy. I'm so excited that song happened and came together the way it, it is and the way it sounds um but i'd been playing several versions for the following the the last few months and so it's been exciting to see people react to it live and that encourages me more to you know go ahead and release it so Mm -hmm. when it finally was out i got to you know get on the mic and just say this is some brand new music with my friend nitty gritty and it's just it's just like it's it's cool to you know hear people give you know care and so um that was that was really fun and refreshing and it's uh it's just it feels you know fresh it's like it does it does yeah so it was a lot of fun for sure ultra was great when did we decide on like the latin flair that it brings because that's a that's a big statement to make you know like you're committed to it and it it paid off, but when did we decide that that's the sound we were gonna go with? Um, the sound on the on the on, song, yeah, on marching band. Um, so the writer Lowell first sent me a sample of those horns, the big stack, and then she had these light plucks and just said, "Your love is like a marching band," and it was higher up. Um, and then I just I just started producing around kind of just driving drums and then I just like filled out the verses and then I just you know following the big Latin horns um, I I just tried different bass lines and I knew it had to be this like uh, this crumbling kind of tech driving energy and so mm-hmm. um, I just had to you know, fill that out however I could. And then Nitty and I just 
had i don't know it was like a lot of a a lot that came together to kind of fill that moment of the song out um he had this descending sine wave bass and then with mid range bass taps that had a rhythm and then i had a tremolating vocal that had like this cool lfo effect and then it just it made a conversation and it was like and the horns came back so this the sound really just came together to uh sound like i don't know full complete and um i don't know I, I feel like I just spoke in, in gibberish. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I feel like the whole music creation process is super abstract and probably hard to, you know, pinpoint exact moments. Um, so yeah. I, I get what you're saying for sure. That's what it's about, too. You got to like just throw things at a wall and just see what sticks. And again, there I had so many versions. If I, I have like everything synced to iCloud so I can go on my phone. And I remember before it was released, I would try and pull it up. So I'd go in files and just type in like MB or marching band. And it was like version like 42 (laughs) and it was smallest little tweaks between 41 and before that. So, um, yeah, I mean, it it was just, there's so many different ways to go about any idea. And that's a big Mm -hmm. problem. Is that when I hear a top liner, I get sent a demo. When I produce it, I, I just get so tunnel visioned and on the chords. And I think about all the ways it could oh, yeah. be directed. And I, uh, if you can spiral that way, it can be a really dark. It's super <laughs> overwhelming. I mean, because technically, you know, it's infinite. So if you get stuck in that headspace, like this sounds good, but it could also sound different and maybe it will sound better that way. I would drive myself insane. Not even the chords changing, but let's say you finish a song, you go on your master and you hit like this um, sound shifter plugin and you just pitch it down two notes and you're like, oh, that sounds fresh because it's like you haven't been, you haven't heard that version mm-hmm. before and you think better. And I send it to my A&R and she's like, this literally is just the same thing, but like <laughs> energy and like less it's like more sad and i'm like okay <laughs> that's just how i'm feeling right now sorry <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, i mean you're clearly keeping busy in the production world you're hitting some festivals this summer but you know in addition to all of that you definitely are gaining a lot of momentum on social media and with this newfound fan base i'm just kind of curious how are you handling having eyes on you um I have fun with it, really. I mean, if people are not my, uh, you know, they don't get my humor or they don't like what I, I do not care at all. <laughs> it's just up to them if they want to follow me. And I think that should go with a lot of people. And like, I think uh, social media could benefit as a whole if people just were more transparent. And I think that it's it's could improve your mental health and improve a lot of things if like, everybody just did not care at all and just like treated it like a finsta almost and like i posted this like mirror photo yesterday and it's literally just doesn't even have my face in it i'm just i'm like it's just random is that the 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 caption smoke weed yeah Yeah, (laughs) 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 yeah but i mean like it's just there's a bigger picture and that is just that you know i really wish social media was just something that people could just have fun with and i think the way it started was like that because i remember when i was 12 years old and i got instagram the first thing i posted was just like 
like my dog and like random stuff. And now everybody's like out now, like go stream, pre-saving my bio. And it's so formal now. And it's just kind of like a headache. It's yeah. Like it, over- it, you know, if, if more people were just like, yo, like this is my hot dog. Like, that could, <laughs> uh, like relaxing. Like, yo, I mean, you dog. have a, you have an Instagram for your fridge. Speaking of uh, utilizing Instagram comedically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I had the most empty fridge ever. Um, and then it became more, like an ongoing joke with um, one of my managers and we just like started a Instagram account for it and I would just like post like glow ups and like uh, there used to just be nothing in it but like white claws and like mud <laughs> and like <laughs> it's like <laughs> it was just this joke um, but yeah it's it's had a glow up since then I, uh, I have avocados and stuff <laughs> Avocados and white claw, honestly, breakfast of champions. Yeah, something like that. How is your fridge adjusting to the clout? Is it is it doing okay? Uh, it's doing okay, actually. <laughs> I had a billion dollar idea where it was gonna be the first. Uh, I know I just said social media should be transparent. <laughs> and I'm gonna about to say influencer, but um, it's my fridge is the very the world's first influencer fridge. I think it's so, a great idea. Yeah, so like if brands want to send me drinks or their new like, you know, food or snack, I just product placement and I it's you made the post. Yeah. <laughs> so I uh, I reached out to Goyaki and they sent me like four cases of yerba mate and sure enough, they got the recognition they not only needed but deserved. Um that was that was a great. How formal era. was your reaching out? Did you just like DM them or like, "Yo, I got a famous fridge," or did we send like a one sheet? <laughs> the world's very first fridge account, um, dude. <laughs> it's, it's stocked just their product, nothing else. Just Casamigos and Athletic Greens. Like, it's gone through some phases. And then I was like, took a photo of this like stock image of a fridge. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that that can't be it. Where's all the white claw in the yerba mate? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, we're doing well. I'm trying to. I've been grocery shopping a lot and just you know trying to cook like every meal at home. So I have you feel more accomplished when you cook at home. I 100% agree with you. I also like now that life's kind of back to normal. I've been doing that stuff less. So when I do it, I'm like, oh my god, I forgot that I can cook. <laughs> I forgot I can like clean my house. Or like meal prep almost like yeah. like a, t- a big bowl of like pasta and like I just Tupperware the rest and like it's just like reheating it. It's like <laughs> made this for myself. <laughs> I just had to my brother just got married last week and he was on his honeymoon and I was house sitting for him and he the crazy he is, has a beautiful home. You know what he's missing? What does he miss? A microwave. Oh, wow. I just went like, and every time I wanted to like eat something, it required a microwave. I was like, how, how do you heat your stuff up? And he's like, oh, use the air fryer. But you can't use the air fryer for everything. What if you're trying to microwave noodles or something or pasta? Yeah, that's true. Or like, oh, wow. I was going to say like grill it or something. <laughs> grill my noodles? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you got a famous fridge. We got grilled noodles. We got a lot of business ideas. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. I couldn't, I couldn't live without a microwave. <laughs> no, shit's, shit's messed up. Um, anyhow, so these music festivals coming up, 
we got Hangout Fest, Outside Lands, Lollapalooza. How stoked are you? Very. I'm so excited. <laughs> It's gonna be so much fun. I'm. I can't wait to just absolutely like bring it my all. I think the like. So I I never played a show before COVID mm-hmm. because COVID was kind of just the wormhole of TikTok picking up uh, my song ILY. I kind of evaluated that I could leave college and continue with my label, and then. I mean, as things opened up, my management was like, "All right, you want to." play at like this festival and i was i i just i couldn't even like picture that idea i was like what will my set sound like like it was such a a concentrated era of evolving what i thought i was about Mm -hmm. and now i think i'm under such a, a deeper understanding of what i want to be about and what i have became you know become of since then and so i i'm excited for this next wave of shows because it gets to I get to you know reflect everything that I've learned and that I uh, I want people to hear and that I want to be transparent and I think the energy is just going to be through the roof um, and I think people shouldn't miss it and it's just going to be a lot of fun and uh, it's just it's only bright things when I think of performing and all that. That's awesome. Are you are you excited to see any other artist sets at any of these festivals? Anyone in particular? Yeah, I mean, honestly, so growing up, I didn't really go to a lot of concerts or shows. Um, I only went to like, like in high school, I, I'd only see like rap artists, like, <laughs> and only because my friends would go see rap artists, like in, in my hometown, everyone just like listened to rap and like dance music wasn't really like heard of. Yeah. Uh, so I would just follow them to you know whatever they were doing, and yeah, I I don't know. Outside of that, I didn't even like know who was in in town. Like I said this before, but honestly, I could wake up one day, check my stories, and see that like I don't know Michael Jackson like rose from the dead and played at the Hollywood Bowl and then died again. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> He would he would just be like, oh, that one time thing. Um, anyone was invited. He was actually in the sky performing or something like that. So I'm just so naive with that. And then I think like with playing these festivals, it's such an opportunity to like go and see these artists that you've been streaming for like a decade mm-hmm. uh, and then go and see like the newer artists that have been popping off recently. Um, so I'm excited about that. Yeah, but... Like, I've never been like a concert goer really in my life. Well, talk about the other end of the spectrum. You're not just going to concerts. You're you're playing some of the biggest ones. Yeah, and uh, I'm yeah. So it's a it's a wave that I'm 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 ready for for sure. Have you had like the backstage experience at the festivals yet? I know you've played a few in the past. A little bit, yeah. In fact, this one story. So I went to Miami Music Week with. The intention of only playing the the parties that the DJs throw, um, and just like show up to play like I don't know like Nitty Gritty's party and a few other artists and just like kind of like these pool events. And so that's all I thought I was playing. Uh, I played Live that week. That was a lot of fun. And then I went with Alesso to play or just to watch his set. And so. 
he played on the Friday. We took a boat over. And before his set, we're just kind of back around hanging. Um, we have the same day-to-day manager. So it's all like in-house you know, relationships, all family. And behind Ultra, I ran into this guy, Adam. And so Adam runs Ultra. And I don't know how long he's done it, but he was familiar with my name and my music. And after talking to him briefly, he was like, are you around Sunday? Um, I said, yeah, I'm around Sunday. He said, someone just pulled out. And I was like, dude, I'm there. And I jumped on the opportunity so fast. It was just once in a lifetime. Like that's not something you can kind of stall or miss on. Oh, yeah. Out of a movie. And so um, I was so excited to just be invited. And so sure enough, Sunday comes and I'm playing and I, I, I show up to the stage I'm playing at and more kismet is doing the same thing. And I went up to them and I was like, oh my gosh, your set was amazing. And, you know, they walked off and I got to play and then it was just, it was great. So that, just the energy on that stage, um, so much fun. It was like a lot of shade. So I think that also attracted people. <laughs> it was so, so cool, really, when you're walking off and you're like, I just played ultra. <laughs> I mean, that's a career making moment. And it's so great that you were able to experience that before you had your more formal festival run. So you could kind of flex that muscle a bit. How, sure. how do you think your set was? I, I thought it was really fun. I uh, last minute changed a few songs. I added a few songs. Um, but people definitely had fun. Nice. And what was cool is that. So Miami Music Week. I was there for five days and I played like seven sets and I the ultra was like the sixth set I played and those previous um, sets that I was I had just been I had like conditioned myself to them a lot more. Um, it definitely helps when with the nerves that you're playing so many. Yeah. Um, obviously, just like it's less scary and you know you hesitate less to kind of improvise a little bit and jump around and be more comfortable on stage. So it was good warm up before ultra. And then after I played ultra, I had one more uh, like party for Miami music week to play. So I went over to the little like outdoor pool vibey club area, like not club, sorry, but like an outdoor backyard vibe mm-hmm. pool and like a bar people are just drinking. And so I was like, I, this is the last set I'm playing in Miami. I'm about to catch a flight. Literally, like, hours later, I was like, what if I just played, like, something completely different? And so I, d- I did a whole entire, I don't know, this is stupid, but I'm, like, so proud of it. Is like, I've always wanted to play, like, somewhere cool and vibey and just do, like, a very organic, melodic, deep tech. Mm. And, like, not, like, you know, aggressive at all, but just, like, very, like vibey like nora and pure elaine eight so yeah oh my gosh biggest fan so i that's what i did i just like i was like screw it and like i just kind of improvised the whole thing and again i've had shakes before these sets and so all my transitions are just like formal cue point and everything is just like to a t but this time i was like i just played ultra and i'm just so like loose and i'm (laughs) front of these people were just vibing it was like a sunday and i got to just like play out this music that i thought it was cool and i had fun doing it and i wasn't bored of it because i had 
I'm I'm hearing this set for the first time and I don't care if no one's dancing. <laughs> like you know, I'm kidding. But like I don't, you know, I had fun with it and I did it for myself. Yeah. And, like, not like selfish because it was sick. Like, no, was- not at all. I mean, that's the that's the mentality that'll, you know, keep this enjoyable for you. That's also awesome that you were able to kind of transition your genre really, really quickly. Are you gonna yeah. produce music like that? Kind of like deep deep house? So, I I mean I'm like realistically when I'm on a road trip, I only listen to like the most chill deep house. Like um these guys two lanes are brilliant. Um I think this these this group Sultan and Shepherd are on the top of my likes right now. Um yeah, and then let's see, just DJ Seinfeld, DJ Boring. Um, that's like my most streamed bank of artists really? in that genre. And so I think like, yeah, maybe later, I think I want to like branch off and make just like cool Deep House. Like, I would love just, to hear, I would love to hear your take on Deep House for sure. I mean, I've in my high school days, that's, those are kind of my roots. It wasn't house music, but it was like mid-tempo electronic music. And I had a lot of um, inspirations that guided me that way. And that was like Black City on SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Um, a lot of like producers that just inspired me to make that. And I was making like like 90 BPM electronic music that was like vibey and like mid tempo like odessa and Caswo and shalu um just that kind of stuff and so i mean maybe again later in my career um i just i want to play a circle set i want to play um like on top of a mountain for like <laughs> you know have to know about the set to be there and like, yeah just you know it's just like later down the line goals and um, but right now I'm having I'm having a lot of fun with like the hype stuff and mm-hmm. getting for sure. But that kind of genre of music has my heart for sure. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. I, I recently went to a Lane Eight show here in Boston, and it was definitely the best show I went to this year so far. They um they tape the cameras on your phones before you go in <laughs> so that you can't like record anything. And I don't think anyone I don't think anyone broke the rule. Really? Yeah. I- it's like, yeah, you can take your phone off. No one's gonna physically stop you. But how much of like an asshole are you gonna look by doing huge, that? Huge, huge douchebag move. Like it, it's more so the embarrassment you get from taking it off <laughs> than like just the the rule breaking of it. Absolutely, yeah. It just looks embarrassing. People would kind of give you like a smug look. Uh, so, marching band is out now. We know you got the festivals lined up. Beyond that, what can fans of Surf Mesa be on the lookout for? I I'm working on my favorite music I've made so in my life right now. I can tell. I can I can feel your passion. It only makes me you know look forward to what's to come even more. Absolutely, thank you, man. I uh, I'm tired of playing like edits of songs that I release when I want to play live, and so this wave of music, like you're getting the original edit, and like you're. You're getting um, like a product of what I've evolved to become. And it's a foundation of these last two years. <laughs> and it, it's something I'm really excited about. And I got to, you know, really sit with myself and learn through sessions, through performing live and through meeting artists and people and exploring all sorts of music that this is 
what makes me feel like I'm, I'm marking as it's my identity. And so, mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm excited for people to hear that. And right now there's like a handful of songs that represent that. And so I'm, I'm excited for what that's going to bring to my shows and what, how people are just going to dance to it. And I, I want to hear what people think really. And so I, I couldn't be more excited to just pump it out. So it's all exciting stuff. Well, hell yeah. I will definitely be on the lookout for that. I'm super excited. Is it going to be a project or are we going to be doing kind of just singles for now? I So I'm about to re-sign with my label. I completely hey, congrats. Thank you, man. So um, it's a little informal how it's going to be rolled out, but the, <laughs> the supply is there. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. Well... Congratulations. That's awesome. You've clearly had an amazing past two years and it seems like you're kind of, uh, you've kind of found who Surf Mesa is and I'm, I'm excited to see you continue to evolve. I love it, man. Thank you so much for having me.